0: how are you all going? <laughs> I hope you're enjoying this beautiful, sunny, summery weather as much as I am. I've been enjoying beach days and swims at the pool and all the wonderful things you can do on school holidays when you're a teacher. <laughs> um, I am a part of the team here. Oh, sorry. First, my name is Jazz. I'm part of the team. here. <laughs> I'm part of the team here at Encounter. Um, Usually you'd find me on hosting or the welcoming at the front gate, but today I'm giving preaching a go because several months ago I was in church and I was praying and I was just getting a moment with the Holy Spirit where God put the word preach on my heart and mind, and I was like, oh my goodness, God, what are you doing? Why Why me? Why now? Sort of thing. So I was like, all right, I'll take this to the Lord and surrender. I'll come down the front, like Mike says to do. And I'm down the front and I'm praying and Jen comes over to pray for me. And I didn't say anything to Jen. She just starts praying. And then she's like, Jazz, I think I've got the word preach for you. And I'm like... Of course you do. <laughs> so here I am today. I am preaching, I'm being obedient to God and carrying out the calling that He's placed on my heart and confirmed in somebody else. I pray that this message is relevant to you and that you find encouragement, joy, and hope as we learn about Ruth, who is an ordinary girl of humble character who faced sorrow and hardship but showed the goodness of God in everything that she did. I'm going to pray and then I'm going to get started in unpacking the book of Ruth. Heavenly Father, I just lift you up this afternoon. I thank you so much for the way that you are using this space to reach the lives of the people here, Lord. I thank you for the transformations that you're going to do tonight, Lord. I thank you for the faithfulness that we're going to see tonight and the courage and boldness that we're going to see tonight, Lord. I pray that the words that I speak would be Your words and not mine, Lord, and that Your Holy Spirit would be so present and tangible here tonight, Lord, that we would all be ready for what You want to do in our hearts. I lift the name of Jesus up to You. In Your name, Amen. Um, I don't know about I don't know about you, but I love one of the things that I love about summer holidays is uh, when it's too hot to go outside. And watching movies inside with the aircon on and just playing all the favourites and for me the favourites are all the Disney movies. (laughs) I love Disney movies, they're my go-to thing which is something that Matt quickly worked out and we started our relationship. For the most part he's pretty happy watching Disney movies with me except for when I'm wanting to watch something for the third time, then he's a bit no, that's enough. Um, he's also happy to listen to the musics when I'm driving in the car, but he doesn't generally sing along when I'm having a little karaoke session. He'll just sit there and cringe going, OK, I guess we're doing this now. <laughs> um, but I guess one of the reasons that I love Ruth so much is that her story is quite similar to a Disney story. It's so joy-filled and it's so relevant to us. We can relate to it easy. And for me, I find it quite easy to understand. Ruth, who we're going to be exploring tonight... oh sorry. It is also a four-chapter book. So I'm going to be paraphrasing the book throughout my message. But if you haven't read it, I encourage you to do it tonight after church because there's only four chapters. And then if someone ever asks you, have you read the Bible, you can be like, actually, I've read a whole book. (laughs) So you can have that flex for them as well. Ruth, who we're going to be exploring tonight, is quite different to the women and stories we explored over the past two weeks. Our last two sermons have explored um, some really heavy topics, such as abuse and exploitation and sexual sins, but that's great, (laughs) because tonight we're exploring um, Ruth, who's much lighter, but... The reason we explore those topics and the reason that we unpack those people is because it reminds us of how God uses broken people like Tamar and Rahab to heal broken people like you and me. As Mike mentioned last week, Matthew 1 specifically including Tamar and sorry. Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, Uriah's wife, and Mary is a significant detail that should not be overlooked. If I can get the next slide, yeah. Um, this is what the genealogy of Jesus looks like. With um, we can see Judah and Salmon, who uh, come from the line of. Abraham, and we talked about those guys over the last two weeks. Judah is with Tamar, and Salmon is with Rahab. Uh, If you go to the next one, this is where Ruth fits in with Boaz, our adorable, amazing prince charming for today's message, and Boaz, the cute little son. The story of Ruth is different to Tamar and Rahab in the sense that the story is about someone who is quite ordinary. She is noble, she's humble, she shows the goodness of God in everything she does and she experiences God's delight and favour as an overflow for her love for him. But something cool about Ruth is that she didn't even know about Jesus and the biggest blessing that God had in store for her. There is a bit to catch up on in the story of Ruth, so I thought I would break it down for you in the way that Olaf breaks down Frozen 1 in Frozen 2. <laughs> so if we go to the next slide, this is Elimelech and his family. We have Naomi, Malhorn and Kilion. Elimelech and his family live in the tribe of Judah in Bethlehem. But there is a there's no food a great famine has struck oh no and they have to move to a town called mohab so that they can eat they they travel to mohab they travel to mohab and they're all happy again because they're able to eat yummy food for breakfast lunch and dinner while they're in Mohab, Elimelech's sons fall in love and they marry Moabite women. Malhon marries Ruth and Kilion marries a girl named Orpah. Ah! <laughs> but tragedy strikes Elimelech's family. <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> Elimelech, Malhon and Kilion all die. Oh. Whoa. <laughs> Luckily, Naomi, Ruth and Orpah are all safe and Okay. Yay! After the tragedy that hit Elimelech's family, Naomi, Ruth and Orpah are all experiencing the kind of grief, tragedy, sadness that's typical for the start of a Disney movie. (laughs) Naomi wants to move back to Bethlehem. I mean, can you blame her? She doesn't know anyone in Moab except her daughters-in-law who are both widows. Naomi's extended family, support, familiarity, and ancestral land are all in Bethlehem, where she decides she wants to move back. Naomi knows that life will be hard for foreign widows, so she encourages Ruth and Orpah to stay in Moab. She encourages them to build new lives for themselves, to find love again, and to move on from the heartache and trauma that has struck her family. She says to the girls, go back to your mother's homes and may the Lord show you kindness as you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. The girls recognise the grief that they are going through and they sit with one another in support. Orpah takes on board what Naomi has said with love and she decides to stay in Moab to build herself a new life. Ruth, on the other hand wants to stay with Naomi. She recognises the pain and loneliness that Naomi's experiencing and doesn't allow her to be alone. Ruth honours the commitment she made to her husband and her husband's family. And she knows the faith that Naomi has in the God of Israel. She wants to be a part of it. And Ruth expresses her desire to know God, who God is, and her faith to see how his goodness will bless them even amongst the sorrow and despair that they're experiencing. After a heated discussion with Naomi, it is decided that Ruth will travel with Naomi to Bethlehem as well. In Ruth chapter 1, verses 16 to 18, Ruth declares her commitment to Naomi with a powerful statement. Do not plead with me to abandon you or to return and not follow you. For wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live your God will be my God where you die I will die and be buried may the lord punish me and do so severely if anything but death separates you and me when Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her she stopped arguing arguing with her This part of Ruth's story demonstrates loyalty and sacrificial love for Naomi. Ruth's declaration to the Lord and to Naomi is an example of her noble, humble character and the way she showed the goodness of God to those around her in everything she did. Something I want to bring to your attention is the courage and bravery it takes to do something outside of your comfort zone in a location you've never been to with people you don't know. When Ruth was volunteering to go with Naomi, she was walking in faith and allowing God to take control of her life. This is something that God wants us to do time and time again. When we go outside our comfort zones and follow God, he provides for us in ways that we cannot imagine. Ruth's decision was simple and bold. It honoured God and brought glory to his name. Making decisions to grow our faith and bring glory to God is something that you and I can do just as well as Ruth did. When Ruth and Naomi arrived in Bethlehem, it was the beginning of the barley harvest. People were excited to see Naomi, but her sadness and bitterness caused her to have anger and doubt towards God. Naomi chose to change her name from Naomi, which means pleasant and gentle, to Mara, which means bitter, or the Lord has dealt with me bitterly. Naomi's bitterness towards God and her people reflects the state of her heart and the way she blamed God for the death of her husband and two sons. Naomi's bitterness had taken over her life. It had planted seeds of doubt in her faith and impacted her relationships with others. Naomi's bitterness had hardened her heart, made it difficult to see the goodness of God and the sacrificial love that Ruth had shown her. We have a couple of sayings that encountered church that, re- that Naomi needed to hear. <laughs> she needed to know that she was doing better than she thought, and she also needed to know that the next year is the best year. Naomi was at rock bottom, but I believe that God has much bigger and better things to come for us and for Naomi, which we get to see at the end of the story. I'm going to press pause on her bitterness and flip to something that's a little bit more exciting a love story. Ooh. <laughs> um, and I'm also going to go back to the cartoons just to get us back up to speed. Ruth and Naomi are now in Bethlehem and they're trying to get their lives back on track. Woohoo! Ruth decides that she is going to gather some food by gleaning in the fields. What Ruth means by this is that she's going to pick up any barley, fruits or vegetables that were left behind from the first harvest. The concept of gleaning the fields for leftover produce is a provision that was made by God to cater for the poor people. In Leviticus 19 verses 9 to 10 it says, When you reap reap the harvest of your land, do not reap the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Do not go over your vineyard a second time or pick up the grapes that you have that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and foreigner. I am the Lord your God. This means that the farmer goes out, gets their fruit, and all the first pickings, anything left on the ground, is left behind, available for people like Ruth. Now, it just so happens. That the first day Ruth went gleaning in the fields, she found herself in the cornfield of Boaz. Like any good Disney story, Boaz is our Prince Charming. Although when I was talking to Mike about Boaz, he said he's more like Shrek. It's okay, either way, Boaz is perfect boyfriend material. He's the kind of guy that is perfect for a princess. He has a kind, humble, noble character that is similar to Ruth. And this is evident from their very first interaction. In Ruth 2 verses 8 to 12, Boaz says to Ruth, my daughter, listen to me. Go and, don't go and glean in another field and don't go away from here. Stay here with the women who work for me. Watch the field where the men are harvesting and follow along after the women. I have told the men not to lay a hand on you. And whenever you're thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars the men have filled. At this, she bowed down with her face to the ground and asked him, Why have I found such favour in your eyes that you notice a foreigner like me? Boaz replied, I've been told about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. How you left your father and your mother and your homeland and came to live with people you do not know. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, whose wings you have take refuge in this interaction, Boaz recognises the woman of faith that Ruth is and comments on how, on Ruth's noble, humble, Christ-like characteristics. Boaz blesses Ruth and encourages her in her faith. He makes her feel seen, protected, cared for and special. By showing empathy towards Ruth, Boaz is demonstrating Christ-like characteristics. He's a listener. He's And he's generous. In this interaction, Boaz and Ruth are setting an example of what it means to be strong women and men of faith. And this is what we should aim for in the interactions we have with our partners, our family, our friends, our colleagues. You name it, this is what we should do for them. And I don't actually think that Ruth was gleaning in Boaz's cornfield by accident. When we look at the Christ-like characteristics they both have and their commitment to following God's plan, I think this is an example of how God's perfect design and provisions are at work. Last week, Mike briefly touched on the concept of a kinsman redeemer, and this is explained a little bit more in detail in the book of Ruth. In Ruth 2, we find out that Boaz is Naomi's relative through Elimelech's side and is considered a kinsman redeemer. Boaz is a close relative to Elimelech, possibly a half or full brother. He is wealthy and owns the cornfield that Ruth that he has allowed Ruth to glean in. The kinsman redeemer or in Bo- or in this case, Boaz, is a male relative who has the privilege or responsibility to act on behalf of a relative who is in trouble, danger or need. In our story today, both Naomi and Ruth are in extreme poverty and need. Elimelech is dead, as we established earlier, which means that Boaz, as the kinsman redeemer, can step in and save or rescue the property or person that is in trouble. In chapter 3, Naomi encourages Ruth to seek redemption from Boaz in a way that is a little bit difficult for us to understand. In verses 3 to 10, the scripture says, Wash, put on perfume and get dressed in your best clothes. Then go down to the threshing floor, but don't let Boaz know you are there until he has finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, note the place where he is laying. Then go and other." Uncover his feet and lay down. He will tell you what to do. I will do whatever you say, Ruth answered. So she went down to the threshing floor and did everything her mother-in-law told her to do. When Boaz had finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits, he went over to lie down at the far end of the grain pile. Ruth approached quietly, uncovered his feet and laid down. In the middle of the night, something startled the man. He turned, and there was a woman lying at her feet. Who are you? he asked. I am your servant, Ruth, she said. Spread the corner of your garment over me, since you are a guardian redeemer of our family. The Lord bless you, my daughter, he replied. The kindness is greater than which you showed earlier. You You have not run after younger men, whether rich or poor. From the research that I've done on this interaction, there are a few competing opinions on what actually happened and the innocence that is around this situation. The best way that I can explain this is that it is similar, but way, way, way more God-honouring than Tamar's situation, which Jacob explained two weeks ago. Ruth was encouraged by Naomi to go to the threshing floor where Boaz has had a few drinks and is in good spirits, like Judah was when he came back from the festival and had a moment with Tamar. Ruth lays at the end of Boaz's bed, dressed in her finest clothes, waiting for him to wake up. At this point, if anyone walked past, it would be easy to assume that Boaz and Ruth were having a similar moment to Judah and Tamar. But, assuming that nobody sees, Boaz wakes up and asks Ruth who she is. Boaz recognises Ruth as a person and not a prostitute He belongs to somebody else. She also asks who she is, because this is the middle of the night, she can't see anyone. He doesn't, like, it's impossible to recognise her. But anyway, Ruth explains who she is and why she's with Boaz. She asks him to be her guardian redeemer. Instead of shooing her away or having sex, Boaz agrees and informs Ruth that he'll arrange to be her guardian redeemer through the elders and witnesses in the way that honours God and their reputations. Boaz lets Ruth have a little sleepover, uh, and he lets her stay until early in the morning. But in verse four, it very clearly points out—sorry, verse fourteen—it very clearly points out that Boaz encourages her to leave before anyone else sees. Again, to maintain their reputation and to maintain the fact that they are honourable people who have followed the way of the Lord. The story of Ruth being a, sorry The story of Ruth being all about an ordinary girl of noble, humble character who faced sorrow and hardship but showed the goodness of God to those around her in everything she did personally makes me not believe that Boaz and Ruth did anything to cause harm to their relationship to each other or God that night. In fact, I believe that Boaz did everything he could to maintain the Christ-like reputation that he and Ruth Ruth both helped. Looking at the way that Boaz handled that situation he was very careful to make sure he was honouring the Lord is another example of how ordinary people can do ordinary things to bring glory to God and have an extraordinary outcome. Boaz was Ruth and Naomi's rescuer by fulfilling his role and calling to be a kinsman redeemer. He ensured that everything was done in an appropriate and honourable way in front of the right people and witnesses at the right time. Boaz redeemed Naomi's ancestral land and he also married Ruth as an added bonus. The book of Ruth ends with a happily ever after like all good Disney princess stories. Ruth and Boaz get married, and they have a child named Obed, who is King David's grandfather. The story of Ruth, the happy ending that we see, another happy ending that we see in the story of Ruth is the women of Bethlehem praising God on behalf of Naomi. They declare, "'Blessed be the Lord, who has not left you to this day without a redeemer. May his name be renowned in Israel.'" The happy ending that we see in the story of Ruth doesn't just end with the story, which I think is awesome. Through Boaz, the kinsman redeemer, and Ruth, the faithful servant, we were blessed with the ultimate redeemer and faithful friend, our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. The story of Ruth has modelled to us what it means to live within God's family. Ruth came into the family as an outsider, a Moabite in Bethlehem and made the commitment to follow God's calling as a wife, a widow, a daughter-in-law and a noble, humble human being. The the decisions that Ruth made were honouring to God and his people which led her along God's perfect plan and design bringing us a redeemer who will rescue all the broken people. The story of Ruth isn't too far from the story of you and me. We are ordinary people of mostly humble, noble character who face sorrow, hardship, and try our best to show the goodness of God to those around us in everything we do. When we look for it, we also experience God's delight and favour as an overflow of our love for him. I really, really want to emphasise that God uses ordinary people doing ordinary things to bring him glory in ways that are extraordinary and have a ripple effect that are beyond our years. Not everyone in God's story will slay Goliath, part the Red Sea, survive a lion's den, or build a big boat. But we are all capable of following Ruth and Boaz's example of faithfulness by making simple, noble decisions in our everyday lives. Jesus was the ultimate faithful friend, even more than Ruth, through the way he stands in our place and pays our debt, sorry, even more than Ruth, through the way he went about his days walking alongside the broken, feeding the hungry, healing the hurting, and being a friend of sinners. Even more than Boaz, he was the ultimate kinsman redeemer because he stood in our place to pay our debts and free us from hurt and trouble and to restore our relationship with God. After reading this story and listening to this message, I want you to take some time and pray about how you can live out faithfulness like Ruth. I want you to lean into the callings that God has given you and to thank him for the salvation that Jesus brings. I want you to invite the Holy Spirit to dwell within you. And if you're ready for Jesus to be your redeemer, I want you to go ahead and make that declaration. All together, we're going to close our eyes. We're going to bow our heads. And for anyone who's wanting to make the declaration today, I encourage you on the count of three to raise your hand. One, Jesus loves you and he's calling you home. Two, Jesus is redeeming you. He's bringing you out of whatever heartache or sorrow that you are in and giving you hope and a future. Three, if you want to call Jesus your redeemer, raise your hand. Father God, I just pray with every high shot and every head bowed that you would continue to move in this place and that you continue to pour your spirit out on your people, Lord. I thank you for the work that you're doing in, the, in your people, Lord, and I thank you for the way that you are a faithful servant and you are a redeemer, Lord, for the way that you are working within the people today, Lord, encouraging them to make decisions that, that glorify you, We lift up your name in everything we do and we bring you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. For those of you who feel the Holy Spirit stirring something within you or if you're wanting a fresh perspective on living out faithfulness like Ruth, I encourage you to come down to the front. The band will play one last song and the team will be available for prayer. Feel free to use this space to meet God, to invite him into your heart to ask Him what decisions you need to make. They might be ordinary, they might be extraordinary, but God's wanting to use you. He's wanting to help you step out in faith the way that Ruth does.